welcome back to the Thundersticks Podcast. I am your host, Ben Kreider, and today I am joined with Nick Talbot again. What's up, guys? How you guys doing? Yeah. It's uh, game day. <laughs> it is game day. Uh, he did, honestly, he did so well in his first podcast. The views spiked. I think people got a little bit unhappy when it was just me uh, the past two podcasts, so I had to bring him back. The one and only. You can't replace me. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So uh, in today's episode, we are going to be talking about what an ideal Thunder season would look like. And then we'll be going over tonight's game versus the Charlotte Hornets. So first off, I just want to talk about an ideal season. Uh, I think it's a very broad term. Wouldn't you agree? I would agree. Um, I mean, there's so many possibilities uh, with this team and... uh... We're kind of in a rebuild mode, so it's the opportunities are endless. Yeah, for sure. And I think there's so many moving parts to an NBA team. We have to look at like the guys on full-time contracts with us. And then we have to look at our guys on our two-ways. And- yeah, our two-way players, Moses Brown, Josh Hall, yeah. and even some of these G League guys like uh, Melvin Frazier and such. I know Nick I is be- a Nick's a big fan of Melvin Frazier, yeah, as I, I am. I love the Oklahoma City Blue. This guy, I, I hope <laughs> they come back to Tulsa. Yeah, they're they're worrying about like finding an arena or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, we got just NBA guys, G League guys, two-way players, coaches, and staffs. So there's a lot of moving parts. Yeah, we're just gonna try to break things down to like simple categories. I think first off, we need to bring up the placement in the standings. So yeah, let's go and talk about that. Yeah, so just looking at how the draft lottery works now, it's really important being in the bottom three, um, bottom three picks. But really, landing the number one draft selection is kind of a crapshoot, you know? Oh, I mean, it's, it's up to anybody at that point. I mean, you just have to suck to be able to have a shot at it. Well, no, because there's so many options. I mean, the one through three seeds, they all have the exact same odds for top four selections. One through three have a 14% chance at the number one pick, 13.4% chance at the two, 127 at the three, and 12% at the four. So those combined, all top three teams have the same exact odds for those first four picks, and it's 52.1% chance they land in the top four picks. That's not that's not fair. Well, yeah, but then we look at, there's a little bit of some differences. The number one pick, they can only land the one through five selection. The number two pick, one through six, number three, one through seven, you know? Yeah. So every, every one you go down, there's another pick they can get so we do want to hang around the bottom but i mean as i mentioned it was a crapshoot and i talked to you about it yeah um back just in 2019 the new orleans pelicans had the seventh best odds they had a six percent chance of getting number one and they got number one you remember who they picked right zion yeah they picked zion williamson that guy's guy's a beast yeah so they really lucked out and uh, anyone can really luck out i mean even if we Decide we're gonna go 0 and 72. We're gonna have I don't know Michael Cage playing starting minutes for Michael us. Cage. Yeah, well, trade. Have Nick Nick Gallo. Yeah, Nick have. Gallo at the point. We got Cage, <laughs> Cage center. down there at center. Yeah, we got I don't know Chris Fisher, all these other guys. We could go 0 and 72, and we'd only have a 14 percent chance at number one. So oh, we really, I mean, the way that I see it as it's it's kind of a I mean it's not fair to the teams. But I guess it does give everybody a, a shot. I guess it gives them an, yeah. I, I mean, mean it, I don't think it should be that way. I think it personally, I think it should be based on record. And uh, if if there's two teams with a tie record, it should be like a, 
split like odds flip. or something? It should be a coin, coin flip. flip. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think they do that to prevent tanking, which is what we are thinking of doing. So well, I mean... <laughs> we could go on 72, but we still have low odds. And that's why, personally, I don't want us tanking. tanking. It's not worth it. Yeah, I think that, you know, we have so many young guys. we got Baisley, SGA, Poku, Maladon. There's really endless, like, young players on our team. There's not a ton of veterans. I think we need to build up and just see what we have. Because well, yeah, we need, I want to watch these first four to five games really closely, play-by-play, uh, play, detail by detail, and see what we're all about, yeah. um, especially being a young team. Um, I, wa- I watch this pre- the preseason game uh, clips, and uh, uh, there's some there's some excitement. I just want to see how we uh, play in, in real games. Yeah, and, and some and, real NBA action. Yeah, some real against uh, c- competition. Uh, that's not the Bulls or the, the Spurs. And also with their starters out most of the time. Because in the preseason, you are throwing your second and third yeah, I mean, lineups yeah, out of time. I mean, time. that's kind of like an experiment, for, especially for a young team like the Thunder. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're looking at their options to see who they have and what talents. I mean, they have training camp for all that. But, yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of like who, who can like who, who can go best against a different team. Absolutely. And a, and a different lineup. And I think yeah. that's, that's a vital part of uh, Coach, Coach uh, Degenal. Uh, yeah. His his plan. His his plan is he just needs to watch these first five games really closely so he knows uh, what we have. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think Nick and I kind of are thinking maybe not tanking at the beginning. If it yeah, goes if it goes I wanna, down, if, I want I want to play our hearts out. Yeah, if it goes down in the wire, I do think maybe you know <laughs> throwing Cage in there a bit might help us. <laughs> if we're ten and forty at that point, I mean I, at that point I say screw it. Uh, yeah, but. <laughs> I want to see how we play, and I'm comfortable. I don't. I'm not worried about you know one through three. Obviously, one through three is good. If we're number four, I'm also okay with it. Once you get to pick number five, that's when it gets a little bit dangerous because at number five, you are more likely to select pick five to nine than you are in the top four. You have a fifty-five point six percent chance of being picked five through nine, and we don't want that. So we want it. We want Kate Cunningham. Absolutely. So I think um, if we're close to that number four or five spot, we should tank. Um, kind of just make sure we're in those top four selections. I think we should be playing our hearts out. We shouldn't be intentionally losing right now. And I don't think that's not the purpose of our team. Like we're going to be going 100%. Yeah, the Thunder have always, um, throughout their 12 years, 13 years now, they've always been known to play their hearts out. Yeah. I mean, they've had talent in the past and they have some talent now. And I think it's just about utilizing your talent and knowing uh, mm-hmm. when, when to use it. And uh, and if it does, like I said, if it does come down to that point where we, we suck. Okay, we, come on. If it comes down to the point where we're at the number five spot, maybe drop down and get to that, that four spot, yeah. fourth best odds. So yeah. uh, I, I like one through four spot. I think I think in our projections we were saying around twenty eight to thirty in our over under podcast. You guys should check it out if you have not listened. We went over wins. We had like twenty eight. I think Nick might have had around thirty. Yeah, I had about thirty. Yeah, I mean, that's that's if we if we have if our talents. We do have talent. Mm. It's just if it goes together. Yeah, absolutely. And I it's think chemistry. I think a thirty and forty two record. That's not bad at all, and it instills. I think a thirty and forty-two record. That's a solid record. It instills some fight in our guys. That'd be like sixth in the East. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, but it would build some fight in our guys. I think so. Just hypothetically, if we had that number one pick, I think you already mentioned it. Who would you be taking? I'd be taking. Uh, he's from Oklahoma State University. His name is Cade Cunningham. What do you like about him? I just like the versatility of his play and. He's able to go coast to coast, make shots, make make a make the defense miss. He's good at defense. 
Uh, I just think he'd be an overall key player at the shooting guard slash small forward position before the. Thunder. And he can play at the point too. Oh, he can <laughs> He's even... a point at Oklahoma State right now. Oh, I know. But I think I think he could probably move him down into a two to three yeah. area. Yeah. Uh, so I think that uh, Coach Dagenalt could have the potential to do that mm-hmm. uh, if we do get a play like Cade Cunningham. Yeah, I think that uh, it could be a stretch because the odds are so slim. So we don't want to be in this mindset that we're instantly getting Cade Cunningham. But hypothetically, if we were number one, I'd have to agree with you, Nick. Cade Cunningham, six foot eight, two hundred twenty pounds, near seven foot wingspan. Nick has him as a two or three, based on his build, six eight two twenty. That would work. I could see him running the point. I mean, we've seen SGA at the two spot. I think you could slide Cade there. It'd be a dynamic duo. Cade as your ultra tall, you know, point guard, and then SGA at the two, like a Ben Simmons almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he, he can make shots, and, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, he can make the threes, and uh, he, he's an overall good player, and it'd be a blessing to see him on the Oklahoma City Thunder this yeah. next season. Yeah, he's an absolute bucket getter. He finishes around the rim, creates for himself. He averaged three point eight assists on this Oklahoma State team. Which, that's a really yeah, that's good. That's Oklahoma a really State. good sign. Yeah, for Oklahoma State, that's, that's a, a that's a, in Oklahoma State terms, three point eight assists can translate to about twelve in the NBA. Uh, yeah, I did research. Marcus Smart was around that area too, so we're getting some pretty solid passing. Smart's not crazy good, but I do like what we have in Cunningham there. I, I'm acting like we already have him. We don't, but in college, so far he's played eight games with OSU, nineteen points. 5.6 rebounds, 3.8 assists, a block, and a steal in just 33 minutes. So it would be an absolute dream to have him on our team. And another reason why I like Cunningham so much, there's really not a lot of point guards in the 2022 draft class. And in 2021, there's Cade Cunningham and there's Jalen Suggs. Now, Jalen Suggs, he really does not fit with us. He's more of an undersized point guard. I think SGA... If I had to pick between Suggs and SGA, they really play the same, so I'd, I'd pick SGA. Cunningham's a bit different because he does bring that extra size and versatility. There's only one lottery-projected point guard in 2022, and it's Hunter Silas. And both of us talked about this guy. Six foot four, really similar skill set to SGA. <laughs> SGA. <laughs> I don't really love the pairing that much. I think uh, De'Aaron Fox was his comparison. Yeah. It's not a bad comparison, but... I think SGA is a bit like Darren Fox too. So. Yeah, I'd have to agree, and I, I think that we have a we already have a guy by the name of Shady Yildiz Alexander on our team, and I think if we want anybody else to assist him, it probably should be a, a different, maybe a small, a slight bit different play style. Yeah, like so you don't have two guys in the same exact area following each other's footsteps. Absolutely, and uh, just moving on to like the players, the top three things that we want to see. We're kicking it off. Number one, we want to see SGA comfortable with the ball in his hands as that true point guard. We know Chris Paul and Schroeder were really some of the main ball handlers. I mean, SGA kind of dabbled in it, but he's taking over the role now. I mean, there's no Schroeder. There's no CP3. He's next man up. We want to see him do well. We also talked about this in the over-unders. We were projecting like six to seven assists for this guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I do see it. I do see that happen this year. He's a good player. Yeah, yeah, he sure is. I mean, I think I, he he has he has all star caliber this year. Yeah, um, I think he could possibly be an all star this year. Um, yeah, I think based on his play, I think the the benchmark was really like twenty three points for him. I'm not as worried about the shooting. I just want to see him be comfortable at the one spot. Six seven assists. That's what we want to see. He's really good in transition, making plays. 
We talked about this in the last podcast, the last group podcast. Really good there. He's going to see more action in those situations and just in in the half court. He's going to be orchestrating a lot of plays. When he drives in, he's bringing more than just his defender. So it does leave an opening every time. There will be games where he will be dropping double-doubles, points and assists. And hey, there may even be a triple-double sprinkled in there somewhere. I mean, 6-5, I think he had like four or five rebounds last year. We could see more there, but... Yeah, I'm not as worried about the shooting side of things. I think he has it all figured out. He's going to have more uh, pressure on him just due to a lot of assets leaving. He's really our number one option. But yeah, I think uh, passing-wise, that's what we should be focused about. I agree. Yeah. So number two, uh, we have Baisley breaking out. Now, we talked about in the over, uh, over-under. over We kind of had differing opinions. I had Basie as like a 15 and 8. I think Nick might have brought up he was the greatest player of all time <laughs> somewhere in there. So He definitely has the potential. <laughs> I'm not backing down from that claim. He, I mean, he has the potential. He can shoot the ball. He can make a, he can make plays for others. He can make yeah. a three-pointer. Uh, he can dunk. He can dunk on people. Yeah. Um, he, he's, he's, he's got the frame, too. He's a special kid. Yeah, he, he is. And, uh. I think he's only 20 years old. I think his birthday's in June or something. But yeah, I think I think out of all the three we have on our list, this is the one we're most confident about. Um, Baisley, on fantasy, I think he's... I don't know what the projections are for him, but I expect him to absolutely crush it. I think by the end of the season, everyone in fantasy will love him. Uh, got a lot of potential becoming the new starting power forward for us. We know he can create shots. He can shoot the ball. He's going to get a lot more reps there. And then just in terms of playmaking, I think Mark Dagnall will hand him the ball off a lot more and just let him create for himself. Six foot eight, really long wingspan. He's way faster than other power forwards. If he can get his act together, he will be a very, very, very special player. And I think that would turn him into one of the most dynamic power forwards in the NBA, what do you think? Um, I agree. He he has the ability. Um, just make sure that he goes off and he contributes to the team every night. Um, and he'll he'll do a good job this year for us. I can't wait to watch him on the court. Yeah. So I think I think ideally he does break out of his shell, drop those numbers of like fifteen, seven, and two. I but... mean, because he still has the he still has the the he's not a rookie. What's he in his second, third year? Oh, did I call him a rookie? That's no. on that's on me. If I no, I, I think I, I like hearing things, but it, he's still in that he's still in that young phase. Mm-hmm. Um, he he has the ability. Um, it, it's just now that he needs to show off his talent. Um, from what he has, um, I know that he skipped college, so this is the time to show what he's really made of. Yeah, twenty years old. I think he's already one of the most. He's one of the best young prospects in the league. And if we did a redraft, I can assure you folks, he would not be going number 23. He's, he's flashed too much potential. He'd be going like 10, 11. Yeah, he'd be a, he'd be in that lottery selection easily. Yeah, easily. And he, he could be very prone to break Nick's expectations of 18 points, 7 rebounds. 4 assists is a little bit much, but um, I still think 2 or 3 is a very good possibility. So basically breaking out. I think that that's a good thing to bet on. Now, the third thing that we really want to see, we just want to see the rookies have a successful start to their career. We saw with Dort and Baisley last year, they played extremely, extremely well. Yeah. 
hopefully uh, those guys can maybe mentor uh, the young bucks. We got Teo Maladon. We got Alexei Pokachevsky. Happy birthday to him, by the way. He Happy just turned birthday. 19. 19 years old, baby. Big 19. Big 19. <laughs> well, it's surprising because this guy, he's a year and three days older than I am. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but in comparison, that's pretty amazing and impressive. Yeah, if you if you put Nick next to Poku, uh, there's a big difference yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> well, not really weight-wise. I mean. Yeah, maybe not weight-wise, but height-wise height and wingspan-wise. Yeah, he's about a foot. I mean, yeah. Uh, but I, I think it's more than a foot. <laughs> He's got the advantage. But anyways. Well, I, I mean, like what I like to see is I just like to see the rookies. Uh, awesome. Just, they just go off this year. I mean, yeah. that'd be great to see. Yeah, and um, there's even more rookies, really. We still have Josh Josh Hall, the two-way player, uh, out of prep school. So just like breaking down what we want to see from these rookies, starting with um, birthday boy Alexei Pokachevsky. Seven feet tall, seven foot three wingspan. He's already showed in the preseason so much potential. His catch and shoots. I mean, he gets the ball off so fast for his frame. It's a little bit weird because he does extend his elbow, elbows out a ton, but yeah. just due to him being so tall, I don't think it matters that much. The fact he gets it off so fast is a really good sign. Not a lot of arc on it, but I think maybe he will work on that. Who would who would you compare him to as like a mod, like a a current NBA player? Who who do you think he has the potential to turn into? Oh wow, I think it's it's really interesting because I mean I can't really think of a player like him really. He's he's, he's seven feet tall, seven feet tall. He's seven to three shoot. seven three wingspan. I mean he can shoot. He can yeah. He, he can, can rebound and he, he can, can trade plays. Yeah, yeah, he's a really good passer. That's one of his best abilities. I mean I see him as like a possible lebron james type okay i'm shooting that down immediately (laughs) that is not gonna i'm sorry man lebron james did that no i'm thinking i'm just like he he doesn't he's not gonna be as great i just see him (laughs) don't compare it to the same playing style i mean a little bit but i i'm gonna have to strongly disagree there i think maybe we're looking at like you can group him with like a unicorn in terms of the frame chris tops porzingis maybe stretch four he's athletic inside I think passing-wise, Poku does have the edge there. I think speed-wise, Poku is a better athlete. So you could say shooting-wise, Kristaps. Um, I don't know, though. I just don't. I think he's a really unique player with what he's bringing to the table. And being so young, there's so much untapped potential with him. And if he's able to figure it all out, he will be special. And the fact that, I mean, he's going to be playing majority small forward and power forward this year. We're kind of confused on what's going to be going on on the bench. I mean, we have Roby, Justin Jackson, and Poku really at that four spot. And then at the three, I mean, Trevor Ariza's gone. So I think Dort's the starting small forward. And then off the bench, you're going to see guys like uh, Darius Miller, but he's gone right now. Yeah, he's off. And then it's probably Poku, Kenrich Williams, and Josh Hall whenever he plays. So he will get the opportunities. I think rebounding-wise... He's going to be set. I mean, with that frame of his, he'll be all right. It really just comes down to shooting and, and passing the ball. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how Coach Dagonal, how he uses the bench, uh, especially with matchups and stuff like that. Um, so that's going to be one interesting spot that I will be paying close attention yeah. to tonight against the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, uh, and we're going to go into the Hornets game in just a little bit. But Poku does have a lot of potential. Maladon. I pretty much did a whole podcast dedicated to his first game. He's gonna be amazing. He's gonna be yeah. so special. He played. He played. I have so high well. expectations, like like the next Wilt Chamberlain or 
this guy is the most optimistic person I think you will ever hear uh, on sports broadcasting, folks. But yeah, Poku, or not Poku, Maladon. Um, I already praised him for just his playmaking ability in the pick and roll. He's not that fast, but he's shown the knack to create for himself, get his teammates open in the pick and roll. He should be, I think he should be the primary point guard off the bench. And that's really what you're hoping to see from him. You could potentially see, like, if he's going off a game where he may be starting along with SGA, but I see him more as, like, the bench guy who plays 20 to 26 minutes a night. Hey, I'm, say, I'm saying about 24 per game. Like, he's going to be a baller. He's going to be – he can, like you said, he can make plays. He can make he can make them for himself. He can make them for others. He's just so versatile at the game. Mm. Um, and he, he can do a little bit of work in the paint if he has to, and um, he can shoot and – yeah, I mean, he does it all, really. And uh, the GMs, there was a survey they went out that went out to them. They had Teo Maladon as one of the biggest draft steals. I think Tyrese Halliburton was the biggest steal. But I do know that Maladon got some votes. If I had that ballot, you already know I'd be putting Maladon on there. He should have not went 34th. Yeah, that was that was ridiculous that he went that far and slipped that far. That guy should have easily been a first round pick. Easily, I had easily. Him. I have no idea. I know on your fantasy draft you had him in the. What you I had him at number twenty to the Miami Heat. I had him at like number 15, 16. Wow, that's a big steal for you then. You must have been excited. I think well, both I of was. us. I was excited because I was watching his tape and he he's able. I was watching his college tape and. In France, yes. Okay, or whatever they, the France basketball league. Or... So, so you saw his tape, right? I saw his tape, yeah. And you liked it a lot. I, I liked, liked it, it a lot. I liked his uh, his pick and roll game, um, and I do think he's going to expand with that. I do hope. I think with the opportunities he will receive, he's going to shine a lot for us and be that consistent backup point guard. Now, Josh Hall, he's another dude who does not have college tape. None of our three guys actually took the college route. They all went overseas. Uh, except for Josh well, he Hall. Went prep he went to prep school. Yeah, so prep school. Yeah, he, my bad. He was a five-star guy um, one or two years ago, and then he opted to stay in prep school instead. He's like that Baisley type again, super athletic, six-foot-eight ball handling type. I don't know how many minutes he's going to see with us, but what I can say is I think with us just being so – like not having that many options at the small forward spot, I think he should be playing a lot for us because Ariza's gone. Miller's 30 years old. I mean, Poku's really a three and a four, and Williams. Williams is 26. He's just kind of a role player. Hall will get his opportunities, and I do think that he has the opportunity just to just shine and get that NBA-level contract like Dort. I see Hall um, this year. I actually have him on my stats right here. I have him playing 15 minutes. Uh, for these first couple games, especially with the absence of Ariza. Um, like you said, he's 6'8". He can play the position. Yeah, um, and and I do think right now he is with the team currently. Um, I think uh, with all this stuff going on with COVID, the G League has not officially started. So I really don't know the rules on what these two-way players will be doing. But I do think he is with us because I saw he posted on his Instagram story. I think he was in Houston. So, obviously, that game got postponed. He should be in Charlotte. Yeah, and I think now he's probably with a team in Charlotte. So, I do think he will get some run with us, and he was not marked as out with the team. So, I think all three, Apoku, Maladon, and Josh Hall, will get their opportunities, and they'll be able to shine. But now, looking from that season perspective, just to the game, 
we're going to be giving a game preview of tonight's matchup. Thunder going against the Charlotte Hornets. 6 p.m. Central yep, Time. 6 p.m. Central Standard 7 Time. 7 Eastern for you Eastern folks. Yep. 6 or 5 in the mountain and 4 in the Pacific and 3 in Alaska. Couldn't, couldn't, have said any, couldn't have said it any better right there. 6 p.m. tip-off Central Time. Or if you guys live in, uh, overseas, like in the U.K., it'll be at midnight for you all. So be sure to tune in. Um, he's got you all covered everywhere. You guys know when the game starts. So I think Nick mentioned, I think they're bringing out the blue jerseys. He's a big fan of that. Uh, I kind of, I mean, I don't really have an opinion on those two. I'm, but. More, I'm, I'm more interested in our, in our uh, when we debuted our, our black ones. So yeah, those black are. Black with the red and the blue, or the orange and the blue. Yeah, I, I don't, I think they may have changed it up a little bit this year. I think they got a new one. But yeah, that was a cool jersey. Now, just going into the people who are going to be with us and who are not. There are three guys not with us right now, and it's subject to change just because, like, we're not really sure. It was really awkward what happened with this Houston postponement. So they've had an extra three days. We just kind of have to base this off of who was listed as out in um, Wednesday's matchup, I believe. So Maladon is gone for personal reasons. It's really just speculation on why he's gone. I think the rumors swirling around was he was trying to get, like, a worker pass from France or something. Uh, I'm shocked he could play in the preseason, but not in the regular season without one. But I think he may be working on that. Ty Jerome still has that left ankle sprain. And then Miller is recovering from that Achilles injury still. And Trevor Reza, he's still away. And that's why we were saying that there's that big hole at small forward. That needs to be filled. Yeah, it does need to be filled. So expect to see Poku and Josh Hall playing a solid amount of minutes at that position, I would say. So just entering the game, or yeah, entering this game, I think a storyline was about Ball. I talked about this in the last podcast I did, but a storyline was, I mean, LaMelo Ball, there were rumors like, I don't know if it was really, there was any merit to these claims, but people were thinking Presti should trade a ton of picks Get to like number two with the Warriors and select Lamelo Ball. That would have been it. Well, see if you if you also look at Sam Presti, that guy's a genius. Yeah, he is. He got rid of because I don't know if you guys have been watching the Warriors this year. Kelly Oubre Jr. is a bust. Yeah, he is like oh a twenty two shooting. It's only been it's only been two games. Oh, he's, so the only shots he made were layups and dunks. But this guy Sam Presti, this guy is a genius. Yeah, he, he knows- has a plan and he knows what he's doing. And this guy has like an IQ of like five hundred twenty-five thousand. So you, so yeah, it probably was a good move. He held down on Ball, but we're gonna just see. Maybe Ball has his breakout game. I mean, he he wasn't that great in the preseason. I think he shot zero for five in his debut, and media all over the place has just been ragging on him. We could see him break out tonight, and I think this matchup SGA versus Ball yeah, is going to be something to watch. Yeah, I think. I think. I think. I think. I think. I'm not a huge fan of the whole entire. Lamelo and Lonzo and he's really not in the media like that. But yeah, I'm, uh, not in the, I'm not into the ball family, the the the, the big baller family or whatever they call themselves. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think he's he's kind of got surrounded in that hype. I do think that Lamelo Ball, he's like six seven. He's a great playmaker. He hasn't really found that shooting tr- uh, yeah, touch he, just yet. But. He has the potential, um, like all players do. It's his rookie year. He's gonna have his jitters and all that. He has, I see, has the potential to average about fifteen points a game this year for the. The, the Hornets. Yeah, so uh, maybe he'll have a successful season. Just looking at tonight, though, he could have a he could have a good game against us. And their other two guards, Terry Rozier 
and Devontae Graham did not do too shabby in their debut. You know, you know how many points he I have the stats right here. Do you know how many points he scored? In Terry? The, yeah. I Terry Rozier's he's a he's a former Boston Celtics, so I'm gonna say fifty. He dropped forty two points in his uh debut. Oh, or not debut, but the season, cool, opener. season opener. Yeah, yeah. he dropped forty two. He had three rebounds, two assists on fifteen and twenty three, seventeen points in twenty five minutes in the preseason. He could go uh he could go crazy again this game. Maybe he drops another forty piece. They actually lost that game despite him dropping forty two. They that, lost their opener. It has to be disappointing. Yeah, they to lost to the Cavs. To the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think the key matchup for me, I have it SGA versus LaMelo. Uh, SGA, we don't really know what to expect from him at point guard. I think a good test will be him versus Ball. Uh, I mean, Ball has a lot of hype attached to his name. They still have Devontae Graham and Rogier, so it's really not just only going to be a matchup between uh, Gilgis Alexander and Ball. But that's the one I'm going to be paying a lot of attention to. I think I think Nick may have also brought up uh, before we start recording. He also thinks this is a really fun matchup to I watch. I do. I mean, it, it's it's a hype guy versus a guy who's proven himself. He's proven himself, but at the at the pure point guard position, at the pure point guard, we're unsure. But in in the shooting guard role, he's proven himself that he can do it. And um, I, I think that the, it's going to be a good matchup overall. Yeah. And I see uh, I see uh, SGA winning this battle against Lonzo. Or you think it's a good Lamella test? Or, I think it is a good test because it will show us what he's really made of, um, handling the ball and running the offense. Um, it's going to be a new position for him as a young player. Um, so I, I just can't wait to see what, what happens and what occurs tonight um, against the Hornets. Absolutely, and I think another matchup has got to be Baisley versus P.J. Washington. I mean, Baisley, uh, he's really that playmaker type, and with with uh, really no small forward in the rotation right now, he will be seeing a lot more reps. And Washington's your six foot seven, two hundred thirty five pound power forward, similar height. Uh, Baisley actually has an inch or two on him, but I think strength wise, Washington may have it. So it's a really good matchup. I think it's going to be a good test, and then. Some of these other guys, like the the rookies, for example, I think Josh Hall, if he's playing for us tonight, he should get a good amount of run because he is a true small forward, and we really are um, lacking at the small for- forward spot today. And then still with Poku, he's the three and a four. I do think we will see a lot of run from him. And then, I mean, at this backup point guard spot, we do have a bit of a void because Maladon and Jerome are gone. Don't have Jackson to be the backup. He's out of here, as we all know. So SGA will be seen. A lot of minutes. A will be seen. Yeah, he will be seen well, I, a I lot hope, of minutes. I hope that this is the first game they have had about, what has it been, about a week since their last game? Their last preseason game? Yeah. Uh, I, I think that rest time was beneficial to SGA. I think if we were playing off the Rockets game, I think it would be a lot more difficult for him. But since we do have this week off, I think his body's going to be mentally and physically there and ready to go against the Hornets. Yeah, and I mean, we do have another point guard behind SGA tonight. It's George Hill. But we've seen lineups where they're together, and I think there will be those gaps where they do need a break. That's when Baisley comes in, and that's your ball handle. I like George Hill. I've watched him back when he played for Milwaukee and Indiana. Um, He's a good player. He knows how to run an offense. He's a veteran caliber, uh, with the caliber to score, make threes. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think he would be a good relief. And uh, I, I do think that there is potential with him as well. I, I know he's an older guy, but there's potential for uh, a guy like SGA or somebody to, to learn off of him 
and maybe take a skill or two from uh, George yeah. Hill. So we saw him giving tips to Poku in one of the preseason games. Maybe he's giving some tips tonight to SGA. Uh, it's going to be a real exciting one. I think it's a good tune-up game, really. The Hornets are not this real prestigious team in the NBA. Um, so it's a good test to see really where we are this season. And I'm not too sure of what our next game is going to be, but I do think it will be a good tune-up and it will set us up well for our next matchup. I believe our next matchup is against, it's the, against Utah. the Utah Jazz yeah. on the 20. 20- so this is going to be our first uh, back-to-back of the year. We're playing the Jazz on the 28th and the Magic on the 29th. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a versatile game, uh, especially for rotations. Yeah. Since it, we are playing a back-to-back. It's going to be, it's going to be nice uh, kind of just figuring out the rotations. We're going to have that one-day gap, and then we're going to have that doubleheader versus Utah and then Orlando. So it is going to be a good, a good game to kind of gauge our skills because I do think Charlotte matches up fairly well with us. One, one more question. Score prediction tonight. Oh, that okay. Yeah, that is a good one. Uh, score prediction. I don't know. I don't really. I, I'm gonna guess like. I I do want to be confident. I want to say that the Thunder will win this one. Um, I'll say maybe Thunder. I'll say Thunder one eighteen, Hornets one eleven. I got Thunder one ten, Hornets one oh four. So I have 118, 111, you have 110. 110, 104. I think that it's gonna be it's gonna be down to the wire. We're gonna have our normal if if you're Thunder fans, you know what a heart attack feels like in the Thunder play. They'll get they'll get some sort of lead and then they'll blow it. Um, <laughs> I think we're gonna have one of those nights again tonight. And uh, so make sure you have your bag to breathe into and all that so you guys don't have a heart attack. Um, I just do see it as a close game. It's gonna be down to the stretch, probably down to the wire. Um, it's just who can who can pull it out more. And I think the Thunder gave the possibility to do that. Yeah, I think both of us have them winning um, in, in single figures. But I, I do think it'll be a close matchup, a nice one. I think that even having a lack of a lot of point guards and small forwards, we will be able to pull it through. Hornets don't even have Cody Zeller tonight. He's out. So I think it's a good matchup. But yeah, other than that, I think we're good. Um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no Again. problem. No problem, man. Uh, it's going to be real exciting giving you guys – a recap on this game hopefully tomorrow we should have i don't know if nick will be joining but there should be another podcast tomorrow just breaking down this game but yeah real exciting um thunder game uh thunder season finally starting back up again yeah thank you guys for listening see ya